0: Good morning, everybody. I want to go ahead and let you know. Well, first of all, my name is Grace Marie, I'm the Worship Arts Director. Very glad to be here, but also I'm having a little trouble with my voice this morning. So um, if I uh, call on a, a pinch hitter, it's just come on up and just read my manuscript. You can, you'll do fine, and everything will be great. But uh, also, I always <clears throat> have a little concoction that I, that I do whenever I'm having any vocal issues, and I wanna tell you what it is. You're gonna to wanna to stay away from me today, not because I'm actually sick, but because of what I'm about to tell you. So I have a, a little mixture in my glass back there of vinegar, lemon juice, ginger, honey, and cayenne pepper, okay? Put it in a water bottle, swish it around. I've been sipping on it since yesterday. So. Hopefully, that will, that will get me through this morning, but I'm excited to be here today and <clears throat> be able to share where we're at in this series of blueprints. Uh, one of the most exciting times in my life was when I bought my house, I'm sure. And I was, you know, I'm sure a lot of you own a house. I was given the keys for the first time that gave me access into the home I wasn't nearly as excited when they handed me the mortgage, let me just let you know, but nonetheless, it just came with the part of the territory. But it had passed all the inspections, everything was up to code, I was able to move in, paint, decorate, bought my first puppy, started buying all kind of fun things for the house, started having friends over, and I was looking forward to lots of different house parties, right? Well, fast forward a few years into the future at one of these said house parties, and I was doing a going-away party for a friend of mine. We all come in, and we're hanging out, and um, we have you know lots of food in the kitchen, dog running around, friends laughing, music playing in the background. The friend gets there, we surprise her. Everything was exciting, but I kid you not, within one minute of her coming in and us yelling surprise, within one minute, the ceiling began to fall through in the living room, and. As the ceiling began to fall through, I mean, not, you know, I mean, it was a hole. I mean, a hole's not good regardless. And water began to pour out of this hole. And we were, obviously, chaos ensued in the home. It was very unfortunate timing, and it put quite a damper on the celebration. We had to cut it short. Turns out, I had uh, not necessarily been keeping up with some of my maintenance required from my HVAC system. And uh, something had gone bad on it and allowed the safety tray to fill with water to overflow, causing the leak, the buildup and the eventual waterfall in my living room. On the outside, everything may have seemed fine, but there was an undealt with issue that was causing serious damage to the house. Just because I had gotten the house and gotten the keys and it was, it was my house that did not mean that the work needed to stop. It didn't mean that I didn't have responsibility to care for that thing, so that it could serve its purpose well and be a safe place for everybody. This is true with all things in life. We can think about this when it comes to our car. We can think about this when it comes to our jobs. Just because we get the job doesn't mean we stop working hard. We can think about this when it comes to relationships in our life. If you want that thing to to survive and to actually thrive, you actually have to take the responsibility to work and to care for that thing. We have been in the series Blueprints for a few weeks now, and we've been essentially building a house, talking about the importance of a foundation, that you build your house on something strong and sturdy, the Word of God, Christ as our foundation. We've been talking about how to build the framework, what you believe and what you value. And then last week, who's actually in your house with you? Who's in your house? Who are your core relationships that you have in your life? Well, this morning, I think we could say, for our purposes, the house is built, right? We've built the house, we've done a good job. We kind of have an idea of like, this is what a healthy house or a healthy life could look like. But what we wanna do now is actually look at what are the different threats or dangers to the house? We need to make sure we're actually taking care of the house paying attention to anything that could make us compromise what the house is for and what it's intended to be. We need routine maintenance, safeguards, a care plan in order to flourish in the way that God has intended us to. So what I would like for us to do today is I want us to look at three different potential dangers or threats to the house or to our life when it comes to being everything that God has intended us to be three different threats or dangers that we need to be prepared for. The first one is this, storms. The storms of life. Now, we've kinda brought this up each and every week a little bit because when it talks about this in Matthew 7, Pastor Jeff did a great job on that message on January the 8th where he talked about building your life on a firm foundation, the parable that Jesus gave in Matthew 7. If you build it on a solid rock, when the storms and the winds come, it'll be able to stand strong. If you build it on sand that is only shifting, it will not be able to stand and it will surely fall. Every time this has been mentioned each week about building your house on a solid foundation, of course you know, I've thought of the children's song. And I like to sing the kids' songs, I like to see how many of y'all grew up in children's church like me. So I'm gonna test you out, if I can actually do it this morning. So I'm gonna test you out, if you know this one, just sing it with me, ready? The wise man built his house upon the rock Wi- oh, we got hand motions. House upon the rock. When a wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down and the flock. Okay, I won't do the whole thing. I'm impressed. I had totally forgotten about the hand motions. Thank you, Suzanne. I appreciate that. That was awesome. Oh, I, I love that song growing up. Hey, by the way, we got a lot more uh, people who grew up in church in this room than at nine o'clock because they were all looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> But we, uh, the storms of life <clears throat> are the difficult seasons that we face, the circumstances that you never asked for, the hardships that are coming at you so strong to the point where you feel like you're barely hanging on. You know what I'm talking about? Those are the storms of life and you have to be prepared for them. It says this in Colossians 2, six through seven. I love this passage. And now just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Notice that word, the work isn't done. You don't become a Christian and then kick your feet back. You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. I love the visuals in that passage. Continue, continue, and let your roots actually grow down deep. Be built on Him. Don't be built on something that's gonna only make you fall. In the early 90s, there were some scientists that did an experiment in Arizona in the desert called the Arizona Biosphere. The Arizona Biosphere. I was fascinated when I read about this. It was actually a a three-acre mini world that they built intended to recreate the Earth's ecosystem and be sustainable for all living things, including humans. And so they built this, they got everything but basically to be a complete mirror of what the Earth's um, ecosystems are, and they went inside, shut the door for two years to live off of what was happening in there and to make sure everything grew and healthy and dealt with things there. Well, when they were in there, they realized something really fascinating that the trees inside of the dome grew rapidly. They actually grew more rapidly inside of the dome than outside of the dome. And they were like, well, that's interesting. But the problem was they grew rapidly, but they always would fall over and die. And they're like, why, are, why do our trees keep dying here? And so they you know, tried to do some research on it, tried to figure out after some long uh, tests that were done, they finally realized what was causing this there was no wind. There was no wind in the biosphere. Without the wind, the trees did not develop the root systems that it needed to help them mature. There was no wind, there was no adversity, there was no struggle, there was no challenge, there was no need for them to have deep roots. Therefore, they couldn't become strong, healthy trees reaching maturity. I was like, wow. That's deep. We tend to look at storms as a bad thing, don't we? But storms, the storms of life can either destroy us or deepen us. The storms of life can either destroy us or deepen us. Somebody needs to write that down. Somebody needs to write that down and remember that. The storms of life can either destroy us or deepen us. This is so contrary to the way that we try to think about life though, isn't it? We try to think, okay, give me no problems. Everything's gonna be great. Give me no problems, the perfect job, the perfect partner, the perfect relationships, the perfect house, the perfect neighbors that don't give me any trouble. And boom, I'm gonna have an amazing life, create my own Christian biosphere where K-Love is pumped through every room. That sounds terrible. I need a little Adele and country music somewhere in the dome, you know what I'm saying? But this is not how life actually works. It isn't. We've been designed to grow deep roots through adverse situations. It's actually how we mature. It's how we lean on God. We may be spending a lot of energy trying to avoid the storms of life and the winds that seem to only wanna cause destruction and maybe we just need to lean in and begin to realize that it may be those very circumstances that are driving us towards our need for Jesus, driving our roots, down deep. So you can't control the storms, they're gonna come, aren't they? But you can choose to let that strengthen you for the upcoming season that maybe God is preparing you for. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses eight through 10, that says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. As Christians, the reality is, as as people, but then also as Christians, we're just gonna face difficult times. We're gonna face a difficult season, and as a Christian, what our prayer really needs to be and what our heart needs to be aligned to is, is realizing that God wants to get you through it and grow you through it. God wants to get you through it and God wants to grow you through it. If we went around the room today and shared different stories of where you've experienced the most growth in your life, I bet many people would say it's been through a difficulty it's been through a difficult time, whatever that may be. I know for me, that is very true. Losing a job, dealing with disappointment, loss, grief, experiencing conflict with somebody and having to actually work through things and understand how different people were raised different and, and maybe face life differently than you do. All those things are an opportunity to grow, not just to survive the thing, but to actually grow Through it, I am confident I would not be standing here today had I not had the faith in Jesus that I had built upon. There's just no way. There's no way facing some of the storms. Some of you guys are in the middle of a storm right now, but I know for me there's no way I would've been able to hang on as I felt like I was hanging on for dear life at certain seasons in my life. There's no way I could've done that unless I was built on my faith in Christ and those situations actually allowed my roots to grow down deep. It was there to deepen me, it did not destroy me, and we can't control the storms that are coming. So maybe this morning the question you need to ask are what's driving your roots down deep? What's driving your roots down deep? And do you have the foundation of Christ that it's actually being built on? What wind may be necessary for you to experience the growth that you need? What wind is needed for you actually to go to the next level? What it says, I'm gonna read that verse one more time. Verse seven, let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. You need a strong faith to survive the storms of life. The second potential, or danger that I want us to look at today is pests. Nobody loves to see a cockroach crawl across the floor, right, nobody loves to see that. But pests are a whole different situation you have to deal with. These are the things that are lurking in the shadows of our own hearts. Maybe rooms in the house that no one is allowed into. You know what I'm talking about? The different key for that room. There are things that need to be dealt with because they are a threat to the overall health of the house. Oftentimes, don't miss this, oftentimes they're silent and unseen long before they're visible. But that doesn't mean that they aren't bringing damage. Right? We're really familiar with this in South Carolina because people are always talking about you gotta make sure you have a termite bond on your house. And so termites will bring lots of destruction to a house before you ever see the first termite. And then, you know, it's kind of like lots of work needs to be done at that point. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When I bought my house, you know, I was a young little chicken then, you know? So I was like, all right, I got the house, didn't work on my HVAC system. The Kilmans have helped me be better about that these days. I'm like, all right, I'm doing better, I'm adulting. So one of the things I had to adult, adult with was when I moved in the house, I had a termite bond. And I thought after a year, and they were like, oh, you need to pay for it again. I'm like, that's a lot of money. So I was like, I didn't have termites all year. I'm good. 14 years, 14 years go by and I don't get a termite bond. Sorry, the 11 year old boy's coming out at me again. Sorry to the 11 year old boys in the room. 14 years go by, no termite bond. And I finally was like, it's time to adult. I probably should see if I have. A termites, and I probably need to get a termite bond and keep up with this thing. And I did, thankfully. Guess what? I had no termite. It was a miracle. The Lord was looking out for me because I don't know how that's even possible. But when it comes to pest control, it's very important. We do not need to ignore the sighting of a pest. When I first bought the house, you know, it was back in 2005, 2006, I think, and I'm in the house. And uh, first couple weeks, playing the piano in my music room, I looked down and a scorpion crawled across the floor. First of all, who knew there were scorpions in South Carolina? I didn't. I mean, it it looks scary. I don't know how bad it could hurt you, but I didn't want it in the house, so I get it, tried to kill it, tried to remove it, you know. They're also hard to kill. So I did not ignore this. In fact, I called an exterminator. They came out, they sprayed the house. Within the next two weeks, three or four more scorpions surfaced and I'm like, oh my, now they were crawling real slow because they were taken care of at that point, but I was able to get rid of them and I've never seen a scorpion again in my house, thank the Lord. But pests will only persist if not dealt with at the source. Pests will only persist if not dealt with at the source. This is what I'm talking about. I want us to look at this. Colossians chapter three, verse five says this. So put to death the sinful, earthly things that are lurking within you. Think about that. Put to death the sinful, earthly things that are lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of, and listen to this list. Listen to this list of pests that may be lurking in our hearts. Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. This passage gives quite the list of things that may be lurking in our own hearts that may be lurking in our own house that is a threat or a danger to your life. Too often we wanna spend so much time on the things everybody sees, right? Serving more at the church, being more visible with how Christian you are, posting your dream life on Instagram, everything's great. It's like throwing a coat of paint on a wall that is crumbling or buying furniture or wall painting over an issue or pulling a rug over that spot in the corner where the spiders keep coming out. You need to call an exterminator. You need to get to the source. The beautiful thing is that at the heart of God, this is the gospel message, that God actually wants to change our hearts. He wants to change us from the inside out, and he wants to transform us, dealing with the source of the pest that may be lurking in our own hearts and life. There's a poem by Langston Hughes called Tired, and I love this poem. It says this, I am so tired of waiting, aren't you, for the world to become good and beautiful and kind. Let us take a knife and cut the world in two and see what worms are eating at the rind. I love the visual of that. Many people today feel feel the weight that the world is not as it should be, right? They feel it. We feel it in a global sense. Things are not as they should be. We feel it in our society. Things are just not as they should be. And we feel it in our own hearts and lives. We feel that. It's not as it should be. This poem is powerful because it, it's an invitation to look deeper. It's an invitation to look past the surface and say something may be going on on the inside that's causing this issue. And the poem actually says there has to be a cutting in two. Most people don't wanna take that step. Most people don't wanna take the next step in their life. and have someone look on the inside or do some work on the inside to realize what's actually happening in my own heart. And here's the thing, it it may be painful at first to look at where some of these things are coming from, maybe some of the pests in your life that are lurking there within you. It may be painful, but it's an invitation to healing. It's an invitation to healing. And it may be something that you've done, it may be something that has been done to you and you're allowing it to take root in your own heart and it's actually eating away at the core and causing damage for you and it needs to be something that's dealt with. Some of you may be asking, how can I know what the pest may be in my life? How can I actually know what pests are there? A a few just practical things I think is, the scriptures is so uh, a picture of grace and mercy and a mirror to us. The passage in, in Psalms says this, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's an invitation for God to search you. Maybe an openness to God is the first step for you and an openness to his word to reveal that to you. Maybe a step for you is having safe community and friendships Like what Pastor Jeff talked about earlier and what Chad talked about last week, the need for core groups, the need for core relationships in your life, people that can say, yeah, I do see this is going on, or somebody you feel safe with, you could say, I feel this, or I've acted out on these things, and I know this is not coming from a good place. Maybe a big thing for you is just self-awareness. And one of the best things I've done for myself is like taking personality tests or the Enneagram. I'm just able to be like, huh, I've never thought about why I did that before. I never thought that that's where that came from. But being self-aware in safe places in community, maybe it's therapy, maybe it's a mentor that can pour into you. Because it's hard to have the kind of maturity in life when something happens, or if you respond out of anger or frustration, or you're gossiping, or talking about someone, it's hard to have the maturity to say, huh, I wonder where that came from. It's really hard to do that. It's a lot easier to be like, everything's great. But it's an invitation to look below the surface. And all these are incredible, practical things, but guess what, the greatest thing that can deal with the things lurking below the surface is just to let Jesus change you from the inside out. To invite the Lord to search your heart, to reveal things about you, and to surrender your life to him, because he, wants to transform you, to begin to give you a new heart. I love what it says at the end of that passage with all the lists of things that are lurking in your heart that need to die, it said, it ends with this in verse 10, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. I thought, oh, that's refreshing. Don't just put things to death. Don't just put things off on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. The pests in your life will be persistent and will wreak havoc on your life unless you deal with them at the source and allow God to deal with them at the source. So we have the storms of life that are a threat or danger to your life, your house. We have the pests that are a threat or a danger. And thirdly, we have intruders. Intruders, these are dangerous people in your life that are not in it for your good or for your flourishing. And there's lots of layers to this. I want us to graciously kind of talk through how we're impacted by an intruder. They're in your life to take something, not to give something. Or they're not there to share a burden, they're there to be a burden. They're not for your growth or your maturity in, in Christ and ultimately they just can't be trusted in your life. They may have malicious intent from the very beginning, or they may not, they may not realize they're an unhealthy person. We all have heard the phrase, hurt people hurt people, but the bottom line is whether they realize it or not, you don't need to give certain people access to your life. Right? You don't need to give certain people access to your life. This could be people that tell you just what you wanna hear, or people that give you the kind of advice that will actually compromise your life for what God intends for you? What kind of advice are you listening to? And we see warnings of this really all throughout Scripture, but a couple uh, I wanna point out. uh, In Colossians 2, verse eight, this is a letter Paul was writing to the church at Colossae, a real group of people. This is what he says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. That's a warning. It's a warning, like danger, intruder. To the church at Ephesus, Paul writes this in chapter four, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Those passages paint some great, great visuals, but the bottom line is this, intruders should not be given access to influence your life. Intruders should not be given access to influence your life, and you need a way to know and let the alarm go off when that very thing is happening. When I was, <clears throat> when I was around nine, I believe, my, uh, my parents, my family and I have two younger brothers. We were coming home, and we, we got to our house, and we realized that the hideaway key was missing. We were like, what? And it was on the back porch usually. There had been a storm, so some of the baskets and things had been blown over. And so my, my parents were like, oh, it probably just like got blown around and like fell through the cracks. It's, it's probably fine. Well, my brothers and I went into full-blown like crime show mode. We were like, no, someone stole the key and they have full intent to break into the house tonight. And they're like, okay, like, calm down, Grace Moran, that's not happening, you know? But somehow, we were able to convince my parents that we needed to have a plan, okay? My dad had to work the night shift at the fire department, so he was gonna be leaving us, and it was just gonna be my mom and my two younger brothers. So we came up with the idea to make our own alarm system. I don't know if you remember, back in the 90s, they still have them probably, but they were these little black box, like beeper things women would carry in their purse, and you would pull the little string, and it would set off the highest pitch noises you have ever heard. Like if someone's following you in the parking lot, you pull that and everybody's like, stranger danger, you know, run away. So that was the whole idea behind it. So my mom had one of these, of course. So we were like, let's create our own alarm system. So we got it out, put it on the door, like duct taped it all up, made sure that if the door opened, the lever pulled out, shut it, locked it up for the night. And then we went and got in the bed with my mom because we were so scared, you know? So. My dad was gone, my mom was in bed, my, me and my two brothers are there, we're all snuggled up and you know, in and out of sleep. Kid you not, around 11 o'clock, the alarm starts to go off. And chaos ensued in the house. And my mom and brothers ran immediately to the back door where the alarm was and I immediately fell over on the other side of the bed and began to hide and I'm like, what are they doing? And they get there, the intruder clearly ran off at that point. But it was absolute chaos. We had to call my dad to come home from work. We had to call the cops. We had to have somebody come and change all of the locks. And I told my mom this morning, you're welcome that we wanted to have the alarm system put in for that situation. It was absolutely crazy. But here's the thing, we need things in our lives that's gonna be like the alarm going off. This is not a good thing. This is not good for you, this is bad advice. This is leading you in a way that's gonna actually compromise your house, your life. And this doesn't mean at all that any of these people are not valued and deeply loved by God. That is not, all people are deeply loved by God, but it simply means they don't need to be the ones influencing how your house runs. Just because they're deeply loved by God and His value doesn't mean they need to decide how your house runs. It's important. Last week, Chad talked about the different people in your house and different relationships, and so he talked about the front porch people, you know, just kind of in general relationship. with. talking about the living room, you can come in the living room, and, or no, they talk about the, the dining room, have a meal. Lots of rooms in a house, you know, there's options here. Um, and then he talked about the kitchen, You go in the kitchen, and the kitchen is where a lot of people see behind the scenes of the chaos and the mess before it happens. Here's the thing, there may be some people that you invited into your kitchen that you need to kindly escort back out to the front porch, right? It just is what it is. They don't need to have the influence over your life that they have had or that they currently do, you need to gently escort them back to the front porch. Some of the people in your kitchen, you need to take them out the back door and tell them to find a new neighborhood to go to. That's what we need to do. It is the reality of the situation. Intruders don't need access to influence our lives. For you, when does the alarm start going off? I think everybody's gotta have that question. When does the alarm go off? Maybe the alarm has been going off over someone or something and you just chose to ignore it. The alarm should be going off if someone is affecting your overall growth and maturity and flourishing in Christ and what God has intended for you to be. That's when the alarm should start going off and there's lots of ways to tell if that's happening. I want you to imagine with me that you, in your house, you had something that needs to be fixed, okay? You need something that needs to be repaired. And in, in this, you bring in a repairman, and the repairman comes in, and he brings out some tools that were a completely different standard for the way the house was originally built. Okay, this would be a problem, right? So let's say he gets a tape measure out, and his tape measure is, says that 10 inches is a foot. And you're like, well, I'm pretty sure the house was built with 12 inches standard, that's like the standard way to do it, but this guy's convinced, no, 10 inches is a foot. You need to not let that guy work on your house. That is, in the long run, the compromise standards are only gonna cause more damage and more problems. You need to escort him out the house to the front porch. Maybe send him to a friend's house that you wanna get back at. I don't know. Do what you gotta do. But he doesn't need to be repairing things in your house. However, Many of us at times open our hearts and our lives to be influenced by people who have a compromised set of standards. Come on, I'm gonna say it again, kind of. Many of us open our hearts and our lives to be influenced. To be influenced, I'm not saying not to know what's going on or, or be friends with what I'm saying, but to actually influence you in a way that has compromised standards. It becomes their standards, their truth that will get you into a lot of trouble. It's a life in the end that will be compromised. This is an intruder, whether they realize it or not. I think that's the hardest part sometimes emotionally for us to discern. They're an intruder in your life, whether they realize it or not. There has, to be, there has to be something that's globally unifying. There has to be something globally unifying that is guiding humanity towards wholeness and how God has designed the world to work. There has to be. It can't just be what everybody thinks or feels. There has to be something unifying the world towards and guiding humanity towards wholeness and how God has intended the world to work. That's the blueprints for life that God has given us. That's God's standards and God's truth. In the book of Amos, I know we don't don't do a lot of study in the book of Amos. It's a minor prophet sent to God's people way before Jesus came on the scene. But I wanna read you this verse and I wanna try to illustrate this in a way that hopefully will be helpful. Amos chapter seven says this, Then he showed me another vision. I saw the Lord standing beside a wall that had been built using a plumb line. He was using a plumb line to see if it was still straight. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? I answered, a plumb line. And the Lord replied, I will test my people with this plumb line. I will no longer ignore all of their sins. A plumb line is something that you measure uh, to see if something stays straight. I wanna invite Cole out to help me this morning with this illustration. I never knew what a a plumb line was until I studied this a few years back. But a plumb line is just simply a weighted thing like this with a string on it. Back in, in the times of Amos, they would have used a heavy rock or stone to guide the string. And if we were to measure or to see if this thing was straight, It it will start that way. And what God's saying to His people is that the standard is set. And if something starts to get off, if something starts to get shaky, it's not the plumb line that's changing. God's people were. It's not God's truth that's changing culture began to shift and erode and influence God's people to not have the standards and not live a righteous life anymore. And if we just let that happen, guess what? We're gonna have a crooked wall. We're gonna have a house that can't stand. We're gonna have a compromised house that in the end is not safe for anybody. The plumb line, God's righteousness, God's standards, God's truth, God's love, His grace, for the house, for everybody, is what we have to live our life under. Thank you, Cole. God sets the standards, not us. I think a big, a big part of what we're going through is a dom- denomination that Pastor Jeff mentioned earlier with the way forward is we're discerning what does God want this house to be? And we don't wanna just, kind of say whatever goes with anything because all of us need to fall under the rule and the reign of God. We're not just looking at intruders. We're also looking at the pests in our own heart that God needs to call out in us. We're looking at all the different things that are going on, but ultimately we wanna be people who live under the standard of God's rule and reign for the world because that makes it a house that's safe for everybody. Everybody can be called into the transforming love and grace of God. So in your life, you may have storms that come at you. They can either destroy you or deepen you. You may have pests that need to be dealt with that are lurking inside and you need to deal with them at the source. You maybe need to get some other people in your life to help you deal with those things and walk through some scripture together, walk through some counseling or some healing together, figure out where those things are coming from so you can deal with them at the source. You need to have a way to know the alarm is going off when intruders are there to take from you. When people are a part of your life that don't need to have the access and influence on your life, these are three real dangers and threats to our lives, but also to a church and a community together. We're gonna come together in a moment and we're gonna take communion. We're gonna come to the table. And I love what Ephesians 2 says about us as a community. It says, together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ, Jesus Himself. Jesus is the cornerstone, and we're all in this together. This, this matters individually, and this also matters communally, communally, that we care about protecting the house so that it can be a safe house for everyone the beginning, when I talked about the key, giving access, gave me access to the house for the first time, gave me responsibility. This morning, we're invited by God to have access to the throne of God because of Jesus. It's Jesus that we wanna give full access to our heart and life. If anybody needs access to influence your life, it's Jesus. Amen. It's Jesus that has given us full access to God, and it's Jesus that invites all people to the table. All people are invited to the table to know His grace, love, and transforming message for the world. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for Your words. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You that You are faithful and we just pray that you would continue to guide us, that may we may lean on you, that we may learn through the storms that we face, to grow deep roots, that we may listen to the things in our life that are warning us of potential intruders that are pulling us away. Lord, that we may be people who deal with the pest lurking in our own heart. God, for your grace and mercy, reveal those things to us as we come together. It's in the holy name of Jesus we pray, amen. All right, Grace Marie, don't go anywhere just yet. I just wanna say that I am so thankful that Grace Marie is on our team and is leading this worship and arts ministry of our church.